The following episode of the Joel Mahalik Show takes place between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the program. It is the Joel Mahalik Show. Thanks for stopping by. I am Joel Mahalik, and here saying hello. Hopefully you set your clocks properly and you are listening to me live. But that's okay if not, because I'm available on demand in many places. Uh, Yes, today is happy daylight savings time, said nobody ever. (laughs) the silliest thing right <laughs> so but welcome thanks for being here uh visit me at joelmaholic.com that's where everything is going on you can also while you're there subscribe you'll see all the different outlets that you can subscribe to the show on your favorite service and there are many to choose from and many more to come tonight on the program later on got a big huge announcement to make regarding the show I think uh, you will like it. I know I liked it. So I will be sharing that tonight for the listening audience. Uh, Also later on, Wombat of the Week, Honor Thy Heroes, all kinds of stuff coming up on the program. We're going to talk a little bit about Christmas. I know. I know. But we have to do it. So all that's coming up later on. But first thing I want to tell you, before I came on the show tonight, Today, what I did on Daylight Savings is I tried my hand at making some homemade chicken and dumplings, and boy, were they good. I mean, I was really, I got to tell you, folks, I was really surprised at myself because the seasonings were just, i no other word to put it except perfect. The seasonings, by golly, were perfect, you know? Uh, there was like eight or nine different seasonings. And when I was making it, I was hesitant on whether I was putting the right amounts in. Would it be too much of this? Would it be not enough of this? But it was utterly perfect. Now, I did cheat. I mean, I know a lot of people, they make up the the scratch biscuits and they drop them in. I didn't do that. I'll tell you right now, I did cheat. I did use refrigerated biscuits and I cut them down in the quarters. That was my secret and not making it an entire all-day affair, because I did have to get together with you guys tonight. I had to get together with you, so I had to take a shortcut somewhere, and I figured what better place to take a shortcut on than on that part of it. So, But really good. Maybe I I, I took pictures. I, I don't know if that's narcissistic or what, but I took pictures of what I ate. I know uh, the people don't. They say, why do you take pictures of everything you eat? That's what Facebook has not become, right? Or that's what it's become, but we didn't imagine it being like that, like a a day-to-day, hour-by-hour, minute-by-minute diary of what you're doing. But I took a picture, might post it, because they were as yummy as the picture showed. So um, that's what I did today, among other parental and grandparental things, uh, including dealing with a two-year-old Satan. Um, But that was uh, all on today's docket. Um, I don't think I ever mentioned this before. I may have, 
But uh, there's this little, there's this thing I like to do. It's short horror films, and you can catch them in different places online, including YouTube. And I think I might have said this before. I don't, I, I, I don't know, but sometimes you can find much better quality in a two to 20-minute short horror film than anything that I've witnessed on the big screen. I mean, occasionally you do, there, there are good horror movies that come out on the big screen, but, and I watched one last week, two minutes, two minutes, eight seconds maybe, but essentially a two minute film, right? And it was called The Shadow. Now, the interesting thing about this is that they, it was created by Uproxx, and it was created with Intel Optum, Optane Memory. Intel Optane Memory. And there was nothing scary about the two-minute film. Uh, it was incredibly done. It was, it was very well done. And it obviously had to do with a shadow, somebody's shadow, and how the shadow you know, grew, became monstrous, and then eventually killed the, the living being. I'm sorry, total spoilers, but it's hard not to spoil a two-minute film. So, but I wasn't scared of it. It wasn't a scary film, but it was um, it was very well done, very good. I didn't get creeped out about it, anything like that. But here's the thing: this is what I guess made the film all that, as you would say. So a couple days later, fast forward a couple days later, after watching this two-minute film with great graphics and animation, and I'm walking Molly. You know Molly, my fur baby, the most famous miniature schnauzer on the Internet. I'm walking her at like 6.15 in the morning. Now, mind you, this is before daylight savings time. So 6.15, it's pitch black outside. You know, like it is at 4 p.m. now. But anyway, I digress. So I'm walking her. And we're walking down the street all casual, and, you know, it's like dead silent out there at that time of morning, being dark and everything. And I don't know what it was, but something made me turn around and look behind me. I mean, I didn't hear anything. There was nothing. So when I say I have no idea what made me do it, I really have no idea what made me do it. But I turn around and look behind me. And the where we were at, at the position we were at to the streetlight, I was casting a very long shadow. I mean, I was casting a shadow that was like two to two and a half properties behind me. It was an extremely long shadow. Now, uh, now, at that moment, now I'm freaked out. Now I'm freaked out. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable because a couple days ago, I had watched this amazing two-minute short film, and I had to keep looking back behind me. So here's the thing that that makes this worth mentioning and talking about. Okay, it was not a scary film. I did enjoy it. It, it, you know, it, it was well worth the two minutes. But the value of that film came in later on down the road when I was in a situation where I saw my own shadow. And we see our shadows all the time, right? We always see our shadow, but it was just the eerie. The situation was eerie, and uh, the the circumstance, the time of day, the length of the shadow, everything 
came full circle, brought me right back to seeing that film. Now that film is creepy. And now I know that when you go view it on YouTube, now I know why it says, and I, I believe it's in the title, Good Luck Sleeping Tonight. Because I remember when I first watched it, and I, I had no like immediate, like, oh, I'm not going to have a problem sleeping tonight. But I damn sure had a problem walking down the street at 6.15 in the morning the other day, thanks to this film. So I thought, I need to mention this to my listeners, and they should go check it out, okay? Uh, the film was is brought to you by Intel and Uproxx, and you can see it on YouTube. Now, I'm going to post the, the video to the YouTube so you can see it, because if you go to YouTube and just put in the shadow, you may be overcome with a lot of, you know, the old-time radio show, The Shadow. So I'm going to post the link, and you can uh, not only go and check that out, but you can also subscribe to, uh, to Uproxx, and that's U-P-R-O-X-X, to find out more. Um, so made by Uproxx, the premier news and culture platform for the digital generation. Not that I got paid for that, but... Such a great two-minute film, I thought I'd endorse him about it. So I did. Um, but, yeah, you know, the, the the short film genre, I just recently w- was told, thankfully, I'm so glad I was, that there's this entire, like, subculture on Reddit dedicated to short movies. And most of those short movies are horror, short horror films. And... I just get a kick out. I can lose time. I mean, I know you've had that feeling. If you've been on the internet, you're searching for things, you're Googling things, and then you wind up on some internet tangent. You don't know how you got there or where you're going, but you got to strap in because you're in for the ride. You know, you, you, you finish dinner, you do the dishes, you sit down, you hop on the internet. Next thing you know, you know, your, your wife went to bed, the dogs went to bed. It's like three o'clock in the morning. You, where does time go? And that's sort of how I feel when I start getting in, when when I dive into uh, these short horror films, and I'm constantly being freaked out. But you know, I get that feeling. I, I don't know if you do, if you share this feeling, but I'll get this feeling like I need more. You know, I watch a six minute movie, scared the hell out of me, and I'm like, I, I I need to go find another one that's really good. And I'm very very rarely am I upset at all. From watching these short films, um, and I I find them to be much better than a lot of the stuff that Hollywood puts out, and that just attributes to what we already know about the power of the internet. Looking at it from a positive note, because we can talk about the negatives of the internet forever, uh, but I don't want to do that tonight. But when you think of the positives, podcasts. I mean, look what we're doing now. We're podcasting, okay, uh, live blogging, whatever they, that's what they used to call it, all these different names for it. But this medium is getting so huge. And what's funny about that is a couple of years ago when I was doing the other show, it was a big thing. Podcasting was a big thing. And I had thought back then, I thought about this just yesterday, I had thought back then that podcasting had reached this clavicle. It was so popular, and it was at its height of where it would go, and I because I thought I don't know if it can go anywhere else. It's it's up there. All these directories, hundreds and hundreds of directories to be part of. 
this and that. But then here's the thing. Now I've come back, and season one, yeah, I, you know, did a few things. I got into some directories. Excuse me. But now, just in the last six to ten weeks, I am seeing how even more so that podcasting has become this huge thing. And there are a lot of directories that were here that aren't here, but the directories that are here are larger. And there's a larger chunk of podcasting going on. There's been a big spike in people who listen to pocket the numbers, the percentages of people who listen to podcasts. And this, I just never would have imagined three, four years ago that it was going to get any bigger than it did, but it did. So then, going back to this thing with the horror movies, the short horror movies on YouTube and on Reddit and one or two other big places that I've seen them on, Vimeo, there's some. It it amazes me how how many and how well done they are. We're talking about everything from students to amateur to some not amateur, more more professional filmmakers. So you have every type of filmmaker from a professional all the way down to a teenager in their bedroom putting together well-done horror movies. So you think about someone who writes a script for a two-hour movie and you get bored to death, right, watching it? You have to make decisions like, do I want to put the money out to watch this, to go to the theater, buy the ticket, buy the, the concessions? But then you have people that are scripting this small movie, and they deliver everything in that small amount of time. That's the thing that blows my mind. They deliver their, uh, they get you into the movie, they deliver their plot, and they deliver their climax, and they're out in such a small amount of time and I think that's what makes me appreciate that more because I could watch 30 short movies in an evening I'm getting lost on the internet whereas I'll spend almost an hour looking at one of my streaming services on a night I'm not doing anything going I don't know what to watch because there's so there are so many horror movies, a lot of them direct the video. You don't know what to trust. You got to count on multiple sources to figure out is it worth my time? You know, and you got to look at different review sites, different critic sites. You got to read peer reviews and professional reviews. And, well, anyone who knows me knows that I don't count much on professional reviews. I'm more of a peer review type of person. I like going to Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb and reading what my own peers are saying about it. I I, I don't think that you're in the right position to review uh, anything, really, let alone a film, if you're being paid to do it. I know that sounds, I don't know what that sounds like, good, bad, or indifferent, because I'm saying if you're getting paid to do it, then I don't think you're doing it right. But that's, what I, that's how I feel about, you know, professional critics. But anyway, I digress on that subject. Go check it out. And I'm not just talking horror. There's a lot of, um, short movies out there of all kinds of genres that are equally as good. 
So, uh, in a couple of minutes, we're going to be having to have a discussion about driving, especially as it pertains to school buses and school bus stops. Uh, Obviously, if you haven't heard, you will tonight. We'll be talking about that in a couple of quick minutes. Also, yesterday, we got rid of our fish tank. Now, I know that doesn't sound, it doesn't sound anything significant as to the fact that we got rid of our fish tank yesterday. You're probably thinking, who cares? Well, let me tell you something. It was sort of a long time coming. Trying to decide as our fish were dying, do we get more fish or do we work on getting rid of this thing? And I, I hate to say it. I was driving the conversation. I kept, I kept putting that little bug in here. I kept driving the conversation towards maybe we ought to get rid of it, you know? And what happened was, is that I will now be able to put my Christmas trains up under the tree for the first time in like 27 years. So, I, I got to look at it as a victory, right? <laughs> and it's funny. We sold the fish tank with a, uh, a Placo. I, mean, that's, I don't know what the real name is, but we call it uh, the nickname of this fish is a Placo. It's the one that sucks on the glass and everything else and cleans it. But So that's the only fish we had left. And when we got this thing, it was tiny. And now this thing was, I got to believe, 12 or more inches long when it when it left out of here yesterday. And a really nice young gentleman uh, came and bought it. I put it up on Let Go, the Let Go app, and I, it sold in like five minutes. And uh, when he was leaving, he was thinking, I've got to think of a name for the the, the, the Playgo because it's, you know, when we, when we put it in the bucket to go to the new location with some, with some of the water and whatnot, that's when we realized how big this thing really was. Plus, it was a fight getting it out of the tank. So he actually texted me today, fine young gentleman that he is, he texted me today, and he said he named it Omelette, which I thought was pretty cool. And I asked him why Omelette, and he said, well, because scrambled eggs didn't seem like an appropriate name. So <laughs> so our Playco, who went with our fish tank to a new home uh, for the first time in his life, got a name. We didn't give it a name. It was just nothing but a Playco to us. But... There you have it. So, all right. Anyway, uh, getting ready to take a quick break here. Uh, Big announcement coming up later on. Uh, Also, Wombat of the Week, Honor Thy Heroes. Got some great stuff coming up there. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the school bus stops, school buses, driving, things like that. And remember, your comments are always welcome. You can find me on Facebook at JM Talk or and, and, or, and, or, you can visit me, joelmaholic.com, and while you're there, you can get the news, look at my blog, read my op-eds, and subscribe to the podcast on many different platforms. So, um, that's how you do that. I'm going to take a few sips of tea, and I'll be back right after this. 
The cast of Friends just signed up for another 30 seasons, and we've got a sneak preview of their final season premiere coming up in September 2033. Chandler, where's Monica? Who are you? I'm Rachel. Oh, who's Monica? Your wife, Chandler. Who's Chandler? Every year, the cast of Friends say it's their last season. But every year, they come back for more. And the final season in 2033 is going to be the best yet. Phoebe, have you seen Monica? She can't hear you inside that oxygen tent, Rach. What's wrong, Ross? Oh, probably just another stroke. Ross? They're old, they're decrepit, but they're still friends. The ones who still recognize each other. Looks like Ross stroked out again. Hi, Joey. Hi, Monica. No, you're Joey. Okay, thanks, Monica. Rachel. You said I was Joey. Oh, just forget it. Forget what? I don't remember. Don't miss the final season of Friends. It's must-see TV on NBC. So I use my computer every day. I'm not even sure how I get along without it. But I wasn't prepared for a virus. A Trojan, they called it. One night I'm cruising along, and the next night I can't do anything. I was afraid it was going to cost me a fortune. Boy, was I surprised. They had me back up and running the same day I called them. I really like PC Tech Rescue. And you know what? My wallet likes them, too. Are you troubled by computer problems? PC Tech Rescue should be your very next call. Whether the problem is viruses, hardware, software, or any other issue, they can diagnose your problem and have you back up and running fast. With more than 25 years of industry experience, you can be sure you are getting dependable and affordable service. Call today, 484-429-6061. Or email us at PCTechRescue at gmail.com. Welcome back. It's the Joe Mahalik Show. I am Joe Mahalik. Uh, JoeMahalik.com. That's where the uh, that's where all the activity is happening. That's where you're listening to me now or on demand subscribe to the podcast while you're there and also you can send me feedback at facebook at jm talk get involved messages there etc etc um okay so last season on the program i spent quite a bit of time uh i I mean i i feel like i spent quite a bit a measurable amount of time throughout the season Talking about distracted driving and uh, uh, people not knowing how to drive, my own observations about that, and uh, just and and I, I, you know, to a point, I felt like I was a constant complainer about this, and um, and the problem is it it, it 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 never got any better. In fact, it's gotten worse. Because now, if you've noticed, and I think the situation's got even worse than what I have in front of me, but in three days, five children were killed waiting for school buses or getting on a school buses. Now, think about that. School buses have strobe lights. They have all kinds of lights around them, brake lights, flashing lights, strobe lights, a, a, a lit stop sign that comes out, making sure traffic stops, both sides. 
And here we have people who ignore that. Now, it's just, it's odd in a way that it has, that there have been so many incidents in like like a one-week period of time. Tragic. So, if we look at what... What we have on paper here, uh, this past Tuesday, crossing the street to their bus stop in the morning in rural Indiana, nine-year-old Olivia Stahl and her twin six-year-old brothers Mason and Xavier Engel fatally struck by a pickup truck. A 24-year-old driver arrested on three counts of felony reckless homicide and a misdemeanor passing a school bus with the arm extended. Uh, on Wednesday... Nine-year-old struck and killed north of Tupelo, Mississippi, as he crossed the road to board a school bus. 22-year-old man charged with aggravated assault in the incident. Mississippi Highway Patrol Captain Johnny Poehler says bond set for $10,000. Tallahassee, Florida, same day. 19-year-old man hit and injured a kindergartner who was crossing the street to board a school bus. He realized too late that the bus was stopped with the arm extended. How? Thursday in central Pennsylvania, a seven-year-old boy from Franklin Township found dead on the side of the road by his home after he was run over by a slow-moving vehicle. Evidence shown, according to state police, that the child was run over at slow speed. In Tampa, Florida, five children, two adults were rushed to a hospital after a car struck pedestrians at a school bus stop. And then, what I don't have on paper here is, uh, and I'm going to do this from memory, is uh, a Girl Scout troop was cleaning a, a roadway, adopt a highway type of thing, I think it was, and like five people struck. Can't remember if anyone was killed, but, you know, I mean, the fine for passing a school bus with his lights flashing, his two hundred fifty dollars fine. Maybe it should be made to be five thousand. I mean, what are you people doing that you don't see all of these lights or this big yellow box stopped in front of you? And I've shared video and seen many more videos of people submitting videos all over social media of just taking video of people driving erratically past school buses. It's crazy. And it's it's not slowing down. So I don't know what the answer is, but I think that law enforcement needs to step up their game. So... Um, I think fines are in place. I need to be in place. I think higher fines. I think that um I think we need to put police out on watch. We need to step up law enforcement. We need to I I just don't know. I mean, you know, people don't care. I see it all the time. All the time. Today walking my dog, people just flying through stop signs in my own community. I don't know I don't know what the answer is. But um 
I had a stare down with somebody to, today, yeah, fly right through the stop sign. And I see this all the time in my own community. I had to be twice as careful walking Molly because no one stops at the stop sign. They just fly right through the main stop sign in the community, not even slowing down. So um, I don't know if people being called out on it. I don't think that works. I don't think these videos floating around social media, I don't think people care. I mean, we're talking about bus stops where people have, and they're videotaping people at bus stops, four, five, six, eight, ten cars driving around a stopped school bus. And then you look at this story, and you say these kids, you know, killed crossing the street to get on the onto the bus that stopped. That's why. That's why. I'm getting all charged up here. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take another quick break to calm down a bit, and we'll come back and uh, and um, we'll look into this just uh, a tad bit more. And, and a whole lot more. Well, I'm coming back right after this. Hello, my name is Jeffrey, but people in this town call me Maniac. They call me that because I'm the fastest runner in town. But just because everyone knows who I am doesn't mean I belong. I don't really belong anywhere. You see, I'm an orphan, and I wander the streets just looking for a place that I can truly call home. My name is Maniac McGee, and I'm all alone. Explore new worlds. Read my story in the novel Maniac McGee by Jerry Spinelli. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. This is the sound of a kid being bullied at school. <laughs> Where'd you get the shirt? Colorblind and things? This is the sound of the kid telling her friend about it. Then she makes fun of my clothes and says I'm not allowed to use the bathroom if the cool girls are in there. Now this is the sound of that same kid telling her parents about the bully. Just because you don't hear about bullying from your child doesn't mean it's not happening. McGruff the Crime Dog here with clues for parents to look for if bullying is upsetting their children. Kids may want to avoid school or their grades may suffer. You gotta look for these signs because kids don't usually talk about it. How do you stop bullies? With words. To your kid. To school officials. Other concerned parents. And by going to McGruff.org. So tonight, sit down with your kid and you might hear this. But try asking her how her day went, and you might hear this. Mom, something happened at school today. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, Crime Prevention Coalition of America, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. Amber Alert, abducted child, African-American girl, six years old, suspect wearing blue shirt, black jeans. Now when an Amber Alert is issued, you can get the same information the authorities get right on your cell phone. Sign up for free at wirelessamberalerts.org. Think of it. Something as simple as a free text message could free an abducted child. All units Amber Alert canceled. Child recovered safely. Suspect is in custody. Wirelessamberalerts.org. A child is calling for help. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Have you ever lost a cat? And have you ever wanted to get your cat back after you lost it? I'm Andrew Hoffman. I invented the lost cat magnet. Just turn it on and lost cats stick to it. Just listen to one satisfied cat. That's proof. You should invent stuff, too. But remember, don't do a lost cat magnet. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions or just play some games at inventnow.org. 
brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. NASCAR champion Bobby Lavani here with my brother Terry and my nephew Justin. You know, every sport has its essential safety gear. For racing, we wear helmets, fire retardant suits, and no Mex gloves. For fishing, waterfowl hunting, and boating, we wear life jackets. After an intense race, there's nothing more relaxing than bass fishing or a little duck hunting on the lake. But we're the first ones to tell you, on the track or on the water, accidents happen fast. In a crash, there's no time to put on a helmet. And when a boater capsizes or is thrown from the boat, there's rarely time to reach a stowed life jacket. But today's life jackets are lightweight and comfortable. Fishing or hunting, they don't get in your way. That's why you won't catch a Levani on the water without a life jacket. Don't let us catch you either. Remember, you're in command. Boat safely. This message brought to you by the United States Coast Guard. For more information on boating safety, visit www.uscgboating.org. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, and uh, thank you for that. I had to gain my composure a little bit. We're talking about this problem with people that, first of all, we have our distracted driving problem. We've talked about that many a times and in the previous season, and I was just thinking not too long ago that I, had, I haven't had to talk about that, and not that anything has changed because it didn't, but this makes it much worse. And I think what makes it much more worse for me and what makes it makes me get a little more fired up and a little more emotional about it is that when I have talked to you about it in the past and I talk to you about it now, I'm talking about the fact that I see this constantly on a constant basis. I see this walking my dog, driving to work, driving home from work, you know, and it's to the point where, so when, so let me back up. So when I think of all that, and then this happens with these children that have been killed, when that happens, and I and I put all that together, you know, and part and part of me wants to say, "Well, I'm surprised it hasn't happened before, or has it? Has it? Have other children been killed? And maybe it's just not been really big news because we haven't had so many in one three period. I mean, this is three days I described to you, not counting." The Girl Scouts, which I don't have the story in front of me, so I don't want to expand on that, but there was an issue with the Girl Scout troop. But three days, five children. I can't imagine, I can't even begin to imagine what the parents are going through. But we have come to a point, or at least I have, I I won't make assumptions for everyone else. I have come to a point where I am concerned every time I have to drive. Every time I have to get on the road, I have concerns. Every time that I know that my wife has to go out, I have concerns. Every time I know that my daughter or my children go out, I have concerns. Because this is getting ridiculous. And something has to be done about it. It's as simple as that. I mean, how dare you go around a school bus? I mean, first of all, how dare you break 
the rules of the road because it's I've said it before. You have no idea the impact you're going to put on somebody's life. Well, look at the impact of that first accident. Three children of the same family. And for all we know, and there's not much more information right now, and I wouldn't want any more information. I grieve. I cry for those parents. That could have been all of their children. How dare you? And if you haven't seen pictures of the front of that pickup truck, what were you doing? What were any of you doing that was more important than following the rules of the road? Anyone out there? Take a look in the mirror. Did you break a a, a rule of the road today? What was so important that you had to go through that stop sign? What was so important that you couldn't drive the speed limit? What was so important on that phone that you couldn't pay attention to the road? This is becoming an epidemic. And I really don't even know what the answer is. Because it's things like this that make me lose my faith in humanity. That you don't care enough for somebody else that you can pay attention while you're driving that missile. I don't worry about me. I don't worry about my wife. I don't worry about my daughters. I worry about the other people. I know how my, my, I know how all my girls drive. I know how I drive. But it, it's the other people that worry me. And I'm telling you, I think a, a sure step, because we're, we're going to stay with the regular break because I, I got stuff after that. So before we get to that, here's my suggestion. Here's something I think we will work on. Maybe we work on this in some future shows, trying to curtail this, trying to put this together. I think the very a first step is I use, I voluntarily use the uh, Verizon uh, feature to turn on so when I'm driving, I don't get bothered on my phone. And I think we need to make that mandatory. I think that every cell phone carrier needs to make mandatory the fact that if the car is moving, everything's disabled on that cell phone. Because that cell phone has become the worst thing in our lives. Sure, there's some conveniences there. But just talk to the parents of these kids. And I wonder, I have to wonder... How many of the people involved who hit these kids were using their cell phones? I have to wonder. And why we're wondering? I'm going to take I'm going to take the the regular quick break. Come back. We have 
Wombat of the Week, Honor Thy Heroes, I just, you know, a couple other short-fire things. JoelMahalik.com, that's where it's at. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm upset over this. I'll be back right after this. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Broadcasting from a crummy little studio in Baltimore, Maryland. This is Reality One Radio. You see why we need your donations? Okay, welcome back. It is the Joel Mahalik Show. I want to give a shout out. I want to give a shout out to Props for Cops on Twitter. Uh, Props for Cops. And that is uh, Twitter handle at PropaCop for retweeting our Honor Thy Heroes post for this week, which we're going to get to here shortly. Uh, So just a shout out to them. Uh, There uh, are several uh, social media groups that are dedicated to sharing all the great things that the police do, which I think is awesome. So, okay, folks, uh, joelmahalik.com, that's the website. Subscribe to the show, please. And, hey, fill out a review, too, if you want. Not just because I have a sexy voice, but anyway, uh, as I promised, we do have a really big announcement regarding the show, very huge announcement, very exciting announcement. So what I wanted to share with everybody is the fact that uh, in January 2019, the Joel Mahalik Show will be joining the lineup of a very, very good station, uh, 920 WON, the Apple, and it streams 24-7, 365 on Live 365. Imagine that. It streams 365 days a year on Live 365. So uh, <laughs> that that's the big announcement. I'm very excited uh, to join the family up there. Uh, there are a lot of really awesome programs on that network, and I not only am I honored, I'm a little humbled, uh, a little worried. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that we can stand up to the challenge, uh, but... I'm told there is a reason that we are up there. Uh, apparently, um, apparently, I put out a good product. I mean, you know, if you believe that stuff, I don't know. But anyway, so uh, yes, nine twenty, W O N, the Apple. I gotta come up with a way to fire that off. And I've been practicing. Believe it or not, I have been practicing. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so it will premiere, here's the details, January 6th, Sunday, January 6th at 11 p.m. And it will air Sundays, 11 p.m. on 920 The Apple. Now, so if you miss it here, you get the opportunity to hear it again the same night. Plus all on, on the on demand. So... After the show tonight, that was the official announcement, so then we will link up 
uh, on our social media. You will have the link so you know how to find the station. And I encourage you to go check out the station. Don't wait for me to get there. Go over there and show some love. It's a great station. You have a lot of great shows. I haven't even heard them all, but I am trying. I am trying. There's another one or two that I desperately want to hear. Uh, and uh, and again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, the power of the Internet. Internet radio is becoming so powerful. It is amazing. So um, that is the big announcement. Uh, there will be links and posters and pictures and all kinds of stuff on the social media. It was announced at the station earlier today. And uh, so I want to thank um, Jonathan Rios. He is the station owner. Uh, he has about seven titles, but I'll condense it down in the station owner. He's he's the boss. And uh, so I want to thank him very much for reaching out and making my my day, my week, my month with that incredible news. So look for that stuff coming out on social media uh, tonight. Uh, across our networks, and there is that. So that's my big news. That's the big news. Okay. My fingers are not working very well. I'm trying to get all this stuff. I, I try to stack this. You know what I do with the paper after I'm done with the show? The paper goes into a bin, right? And it gets stacked there so my two-year-old grandson can come over and have scrap paper to draw on every Sunday. That's how that happens. Okay. So, all right. Listen, this Christmas thing, I've talked about it. And I don't like the fact that uh, it's one thing that you always see the hollow thanks miss that I talked about. They always have Christmas up before Halloween decorations and, and, and retail stuff. But this year, there's just something strange going on. Halloween was barely over, and we were celebrating Christmas. Four days before Halloween, Hallmark started up their Christmas movies. I mean, the minute after Halloween, this year, listen, for years, this was a joke on social media. You know, they had that meme that came around every year, and it was like the fairy godmother. And she was like, Halloween, then at midnight, blam, Christmas music everywhere. And that was a big joke for a lot of years. A big joke. It's happening this year. We can't fight it. I mean, I'm kind of fighting it because I'm not going to decorate prior to Thanksgiving or Black Friday. But anyway, I'm getting excited about it because, I, as I said earlier, I'm getting my trains up. But psychologists confirm that people who decorate for Christmas early are happier so I guess now that means you have your justification for doing it. I don't know. But apparently, here's some quotes. This one from uh, Steve McEwen, who is a psychoanalyst. In a world full of stress and anxiety, people like to associate to things that make them happy, and Christmas decorations evoke strong feelings of the childhood. A psychotherapist, Amy Mullen, agrees, explaining that Christmas decorations can take you back to a simpler time at least mentally. She says, nostalgia helps link people, pe link people to their personal past, and it helps people understand their identity. For many, putting up a Christmas decorations early is a way for them to reconnect with their childhoods. She also states that it can help those who have lost someone feel closer to the loved one in question. Adding that, decorating early 
may help them feel more connected to that individual. So there you are, people like my daughter who wants to decorate now, and all you people that are decorating now. I've seen pictures of people with their decorations up already. Well, now you're justified. Are you happy? Maybe next year you can start in July. But anyway, so <laughs> there's that. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Let's move along, move along, shall we? Uh, you can join in on the fun by submitting your Wombat of the Week story to the show. And simply email the link to a news story of stupid people doing stupid things to wombat at joelmahalik.com or joelmahalikradio at gmail.com. You can also submit your stories in a message on the Facebook page at JM Talk. So get those stories in. And this week on Wombat of the Week, When you thought you heard it all, you'll hear the same stuff again. Check this out. So, in New Jersey, a teacher tries to blame students for sending nude photos of her from her phone. Yeah. Did you get all that? If not, check this out. So, when Montgomery Township High School teacher uh, Mike, uh, Michaelina Aishel was suspended with pay... Her explanation was that while collecting her belongings, a show made statements about students possibly gaining access to her cell phone and sending nude photos of herself previously saved onto her phone to themselves. So she believes that they grabbed her phone when she wasn't looking and sent the photos to it. Now, first, first of all, how do you know they're on there? I mean, what reason would you have while your teacher's gathering things just run up and grab her phone like you must know something's on there do you know her code to get into her phone is it even locked i don't know these are these are questions that just pop into my head out of nowhere but here's the thing the english teacher i'm sorry an english teacher at the school for six years she is accused of sending the teen who had been her student since last year nude photos of herself and of having sexually explicit conversations with him online, according to the Somerset County Prosecutor's Office. So again, let me go back to this. You've been having sexually explicit conversations with him online. This is your student. So if that's not weird enough. But you want us to believe that he probably sent the photos of you nude, which you store on your phone, to himself when you weren't looking. A fellow student reported to the school administration that he that she was aware of inappropriate sexual relationship that took place between a shell and a male student, according to the criminal complaint. Uh, when questioned, both the teacher and the student denied the relationship, but then the school called local police and the student started talking. In a taped statement, the male student told investigators a shell sent him four photos of her exposed bare breasts and buttocks between February and April. He further stated that she sent him text messages through Snapchat stating that she thought about him while... Well... <laughs> anyway. Trying to keep it semi-clean. <laughs> so listen. My moral of the story, I think, is this. 
if you're a teacher or somebody who's in a position where, um, I, I, I guess the, maybe this, what I'm looking for, the word I'm looking for is a, like a moral position, such as a teacher, where you can uh, put such an impression on children, on students. Maybe what I'm saying is don't keep photos of yourself nude on your phone. Or keep a burner phone on the side and keep the photos on there. I don't know. Just trying to make a suggestion. Anyway, that is the Wombat of the Week. And remember, send me your stories of stupid people doing stupid things. They're out there, man. They're out there in mass. Is that the word? Yeah, in mass. They're out there all over the place in plain English. They're all over the place. So, okay. Uh, the other thing that we like to do in the last part of the show is a, a fairly new segment called Honor Thy Heroes. This is me going out and looking for, so you can also send this stuff in too. I'm out there trying, I'm, I'm, I am beating the pavement trying to find the stories of our heroes. First responders, EMS, firefighters, dispatchers, police. Military, I need heroes' stories. And I'm not talking about just, you know, uh, we've had heroes on here that have saved people, uh, talked people out of suicide. I'm talking about everyday heroes. This, I Today, I have an everyday hero for you. I have an, a great, amazing story. Because it's not just the act of saving a life, or maybe this is an example possibly this is an example of saving a life but anyway what i want to talk to you about tonight is south carolina police officer and field training officer tommy balancioni i hope i pronounced that right i think i did uh he pulls up in a squad car after noticing a 10 year old tossing the football by himself out in his uh, i believe it was his front yard uh, Balancione gets out of the vehicle, motions for the boy to throw the ball his way so the boy could have a proper game of catch. So uh, his act of kindness was actually caught on home security footage, and the boy's mother had shared that footage with the Somerville Police Department, and now since then it has gone viral. And the mother said that... Uh, Balancione was on duty when he drove by the house uh, last Saturday afternoon, not yesterday, last Saturday afternoon, before turning around to check if the boy needed someone to play with. The mother said that her son was grinning from ear to ear when he came inside to tell her about the officer's kind gesture. Um, the mother says it was not an opportunity for political purposes. It was just a thank you um, that she wanted to give the police department. Police Chief John Rogers said, We are very proud to have officers like FTO Balancione wearing our uniform and representing our chosen profession of law enforcement. He embodies what we call Somerville PD pride, SPD pride, and our officers continue to make community engagement a priority in every shift. And that's right there, that last sentence. That's really what I wanted to convey. Tommy Balancione is a hero because Community engagement. Now, I know this is a little southern town, Somerville, but I mean, community engagement, I think that could be a priority 
in lots of police departments, you know, in a lot of different ways. Okay, this is just one example. This is a great example. Nobody knows just how lonely that young boy was, is. So for Officer Balenciano to take that time out could have made a very impactful uh, uh, effect on that young man's life. You don't know that. I always go out of my way to be kind to people. Why? Because you don't know what kind of day or what's going on in that person's life is or what's going on. So if I pass you by and I greet you kindly, I hold a door for you, that might make you feel 100 times better than what's going on in your life. Because we don't know. And he does embody community engagement, because that's what it's about. You have to engage. Isn't that what it's about everywhere? In retail, you have to engage your customers. In IT, you have to engage your, you know, your, the people that you support, your, your users. I hate that word, but that computer users. You have to engage them. And police need to engage their community. That should be a core value in every police department. It should. And that is why I have chosen Officer Tommy Balancione to be my hero this week on Honor Thy Heroes. And I thank him for his service to the community. And I thank everyone on that police department since that is something that they do. That should be a core value for everybody. So that is Honor Thy Heroes. And if you have a hero you want to send me, then send it to joelmaholicradio at gmail.com. I will be more than happy to feature it. So um, there's that. Now, next week on the show, a little preview. Uh, I will be spending a few minutes with a special guest. Uh, Jacob Smith, and he's going to talk about uh, what we're going to talk about, Facebook, uh, as far as uh, marketing, say, your pages or your business. Uh, also, we're going to talk about job recruiting. You know, we're, we're in a time right now where unemployment is very low, um, but there's still a lot of opportunities out there, so I'm going to talk to him about that. Uh, plus, another Wombat of the Week, another hero to be honored. Lots of stuff going on, and my goodness, can you believe it's so close to thanksgiving obviously we'll get into some thanksgiving we'll talk some turkey in the next couple of weeks you know what i mean so uh so in the meantime uh you can uh, email your stories send them in to me uh also subscribe to the podcast visit www.joelmaholic.com hit the subscribe button and then you can subscribe to your favorite with your favorite service you don't see a service there that you use i want you to drop me a line and I'm going to see what I can do about getting it on there for you. Uh, there's got to be a way, right? Uh, we will we'll pound the pavement until we get every need met. Until next week, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, keep an eye out for the link to 920WON, the Apple. It will be up tonight on the Facebook, and I will catch you guys next Sunday night. Good night, everybody.